O God, who instructs the hearts of your faithful by the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to be truly wise and live as your people. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. When you think of the Christmas story, what is the first picture that pops into your mind? Before you have a chance to analyze or edit it, what did you see? What was that first picture that popped into your mind when you hear of the Christmas story? Was it a manger, a scene in a barn, shepherds, wise men, or brilliant star? Did you first picture a heavily pregnant Mary on a donkey, or her greeting Elizabeth and the words of the Magnificat? Perhaps it was the angel Gabriel and Mary's humble and courageous yes. Throughout the season of Advent and the Christmas season in the stores, which lasts much longer, all those scenes are prevalent. And at one point or another, they have been my first thought as well. The three-year lectionary of readings highlight Advent 4, the Annunciation, the Magnificat, and this week's Gospel in a special way. But never has this week's Gospel text ever been my very first thought. uh, Joseph never comes to mind first. And this is the text that highlights Joseph. The scripture tells us that Joseph was a man who was righteous. We don't use that word very often. I almost never hear it in everyday language, and I suppose you don't either. From the Greek word dikaios, it's used to describe someone who is holy, upright, virtuous, who keeps the commands of God and is just. This was a man whose life was oriented toward doing what was right. He was a man with character, character that he had built up over the years of making decisions, sensitive to what God and his faith community would have him do. Being righteous and being known for being righteous is not a reputation you get overnight. As was expected by his faith, his community, and even life itself, He would work hard and have a family, and he enters the story engaged to a woman named Mary. Can you imagine with me what it must have been like to be Joseph? You've spent your whole life making decisions large and small that oriented you toward godliness. You've always tried to do what was expected of you. You've developed your character over time, and after years and years of hard work, you see a good and stable life ahead of you, filled with love. And just when it's within reach, it falls apart. It all falls apart. The people that you thought you knew are showing up in ways you never expected. Your heart is broken, and instead of a clear way forward, you're engulfed in a miasmic fog where sweet, pure light had once been. Joseph's beloved is pregnant. 
and he knew that he had held her in honor, and so he could not possibly have been the father. However, it appeared that the same values of purity and honor he thought they held in common were just not so. Who was this woman? His world is crashing down. He is a man who loves God but is plunged into a situation he never could have anticipated. How could he continue to live a righteous life in this circumstance when it seemed responding lovingly was incompatible with living righteously? How many of us have been in that place too? While we may never reach the level of righteousness worth writing about, we are serving God as God gives us strength. And still, at points in our, in our lives, we get caught feeling trapped between living the godly life we know and the unforeseen circumstances that we're faced with. I've been there more than once. Struggling to negotiate in unfamiliar territory while holding on to the faith I have the best way I know how, and it seemed insufficient. About three years ago, everything was looking up, and I was looking forward to a great future that I had planned. The desire for residential study of the Bible was realized. I got to study abroad. I was about to start ordained ministry. It was challenging, busy, and hopeful. In prayer and meditation, God and I would walk in the English countryside, and it was sweet. The way you picture it is exactly how it was. There were apple trees that were ripe and available for the picking. I was in a Christian community where the daily offices determined the rhythm of life. It couldn't be better. The fruit of long nights, nights of studying, writing papers, checking boxes, and jumping through hoops, navigating very difficult and unfriendly places, about to be harvested. Graduation, return to my bright yellow house, back to family and friends, returning to the diocese that raised me up, and then my world collapsed along with the rest of the world as we exploded into a pandemic. It ended my residential seminary life. I had to get back from England. I had to evacuate the residential hall, and I ended up house-sitting in an apartment so I could get through my finals. What kept me going? Graduation. I was finally going to get home. I was going to have that great party. Everything was ordered around my June 1st homecoming. How long could the pandemic last? <clears throat> How I longed to return to my yellow house after three years in Northern California. But my lease dates didn't match. Ministry opportunities dried up. There was no graduation, no final parties, no place to live, no job, and no prospects. In 12 months, I lived in nine places to keep body and soul together. It seemed that no amount of fasting, prayer, discerning conversations, church attendance, hard work, past or present mattered. But in looking back, I've learned that the times when you can't see through the fog, it is the habit of trusting God built up over the years that will serve you as the guidepost to move you forward, directing you to where God is leading, even if it's only one or two tiny little steps at a time. And while it eventually led to this well-watered land of Indiana, it didn't happen quickly. 
and it doesn't always happen that way. Yet all the tools in our spiritual toolbox that we have used over the years build spiritual muscles and skills that God will use in new ways and in new spaces. These spiritual disciplines that enable us to live a life oriented toward loving God and neighbor are the exact guideposts that draw us into walking with God more deeply when we get to those hard, foggy places. The habits of godly living have built love, faith, patience, trust, and resilience in us, just as they had in Joseph. Joseph had spent his whole life oriented toward God, and that gave him the strength to continue to listen for the voice of God when the noise and clamor of the world did not make sense for him. He could make a compassionate plan even when his world was falling apart, and then change it as the light pierced the fog in the form of a dream. And he could see that God was designing a new way forward. He stepped up to the plate in an amazing way. Nothing in history prepared him. He had no example to follow, but everything in his life prepared him for that moment. The moment when Joseph, among all men, became the protector of our Lord and the Holy Mother. He gave them his care, his time, his name, and a place of stability in the community. What if we allowed ourselves to be open to the possibilities that all we have learned are not answers, but guideposts leading us back to the God who always has the answers? What if we recognize that in times when life is unpredictable, we can draw from the strength that walking with God has already taught us until we can see further ahead? What if we followed the guideposts until the answer appeared just like Joseph?